What's up, Freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of TFTC RIP 332. Sat down with Kyle Murphy from Pleb Lab and Lisa Nigat from Base58. Also works at Blockstream working on Core Lightning to talk about developing Bitcoin developers and the Bitcoin Plus Plus conference coming up here in Austin, Texas, June 7th to 10th. Great conversation. A lot going on. Very optimistic. If you want to build, opportunity is now. There's a lot of opportunity out there to build on Bitcoin. If you want to learn, there's a lot of opportunities to learn. Don't be apprehensive. Maybe you can be apprehensive, but don't be scared. It is daunting, but it's possible to learn. Be osmosis over time. This hurt was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model and also offer you financial services. Uh, they help you eliminate single points of failure, which are keeping your Bitcoin on an exchange. That's a single point of failure. That exchange goes down, loses your Bitcoin, you go into bankruptcy, have to give your Bitcoin to the bankruptcy court. That uh, is not good. That's a single point of failure. Single SIG wallets, also a single point of failure. If you lose that wallet and your backup, and you have Bitcoin in it, you are SOL. Unchained is here with their Vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig, which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. You always have full control of your Bitcoin if you have your two keys. But if you're ever in a pinch and only have one, Unchained is there to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum to help you move your sats. They have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a vault set up. That includes conference calls, video calls with them. Uh, they're going to send you hardware wallets. They're going to walk you through the process of setting up a vault. And then at the end, this packet... This package includes a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats going into that vault. If you tell them the TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off that package. Go to unchained.com to check out not only the vault product, but everything they have going on from their loans uh, to their IRA product to all the incredible educational content they have on their blog. Unchained.com. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Brains. Brains. They're doing incredible things. Team behind Slush Pool, the oldest Bitcoin mining pool in Bitcoin's existence. They're the team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, which allows you to stack more sats with your ASICs because you can produce more hashes. So if you have an ASIC that is compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware and you're not using it, you are leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. They have insights.brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-I-I-N-S.com. Uh, if you want to go to insights.brains.com, you'll get a snapshot of everything going on in the mining market, hash rate, difficulty, hash price, hash value, profitability of your mining operation, all that jazz, all in one spot at insights.brains.com. They recently released a farm proxy as well, um, which is going to uh, increase the efficiency of your operation uh, and the privacy and security of it as well. Go check out all this at brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to bring you a lending platform at no KYC no AML, uh, and it leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties as well. You put Bitcoin up in a two or three multi-sig escrow wallet. You have one key. Your counterparty in the loan has one key, and HODL HODL has a third key. You can't move your Bitcoin during the loan, but you have visibility, so you know it's not being rehypothecated. 
which is a great thing. If you pay your loan back, uh, you know you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day because you can see that they're there. No KYC, no AML, len.hodlhodl.com. Also, uh, Hodl Hodl is bringing back the Baltic Honey Badger Conference this year uh, in Riga, Latvia, uh, one of the most high-signal conferences I've ever been to um, in the Bitcoin space. I went in 2019. No, 2018 is when I went. It was incredible. So go to BalticHoneyBadger.com if you are willing to make the trip to Riga, Latvia, uh, September 3rd and 4th of this year. The content at the Honey Badger Conference is always top-notch. I will be there. BalticHoneyBadger.com New sponsor alert, freaks. We had the CEO, Andy Schoonover, on the show a couple weeks ago. If you haven't checked that episode out, go check it out. But Crowd Health is now an official sponsor of TFTC. It's a great way to help decentralize your healthcare. I'm very happy to be working with Crowd Health because I do think what they're providing is a very important opt-out opt-out option in the healthcare space. Uh, that is very similar to how we leverage Bitcoin to opt out of the traditional monetary and financial system. So Crowd Health, what it and they're incorporating Bitcoin into their services, and that's what we're here to shield today. So you can help decentralize your healthcare. You can leverage the power of Bitcoin and healthcare crowdfunding to remove powerful insurance carriers from your healthcare and put decisions about your health back in your hands. Crowd Health BTC is now accepting memberships starting June first and later. So in a few weeks here, you can sign up to get on the list to get uh, on the Bitcoin uh, community on CrowdHealth. Uh, you use the code TFTC during sign up for the first 1,000 members. First 1,000 freaks that use the code TFTC will receive a discounted membership of $99 a month for the first six months. Go to joincrowdhealth.com slash TFTC. That's joincrowdhealth.com dot com slash tftc that's the landing page we have there you're going to learn everything uh how crowd health works how they're incorporating bitcoin uh and they have a link to the show with andy so if you want to go see that that is there as well uh and uh, again i believe this is an incredible service i'm going to be using it myself i am using it myself uh i'm opting out of the traditional health insurance industry uh, for crowd health because I do think it's a better model. They're going to fight for you as uh, a patient looking for lower healthcare costs. Uh, you're entering a great community and they're going to use Bitcoin uh, to, to help uh, lower your long-term healthcare costs. If Bitcoin continues to do what it does, uh, you, put, you pay a monthly payment uh, a portion of that will get converted into Bitcoin and held in the account. And over time, if more people adopt Bitcoin and it continues to go up in value, you are essentially speculative attacking your future healthcare cost. So it's a beautiful thing. Join crowdhealth.com slash TFTC. Enjoy this rip with Lisa and Kyle. It was a great one. I had a, had a hell of a time. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, 
You probably should be. Probably should be. After the first time you were in here. Yeah. Or before the first time you were I in here. I think that's right. Yeah. I'm like really forgetful. So. <laughs> it's also freaking crazy how fast things move in this space. It's like yeah. trying to remember things two weeks ago. Yeah. Let alone several months ago. It's like, how much has happened? Like, yeah. It's insane. Because we just got dual funding out before Miami last year, right? Which, um, the, like, so dual funding happened. I want to say, gosh, I'm going to get around like in our March release last year. So it's just over a year, right? But it seems like it's been out forever. I don't know. Yeah. We have our first uh, Austin Lightning meetup tonight. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Ben Woolsey and me are going to run it, I think. And we have special guests, Michael, who I think he's from, I'm going to get this wrong. I always get it wrong. I think he runs Oshi. Michael's Michael like, Atwood? Yeah. Michael Atwood. He runs it. Oh, she got it right. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited to have him out. Um, he did a lot of really great work in Miami, like boots on the ground kind of work getting vendors in Miami to like start accepting lightning. And so I'm really excited about having him talk at our first inaugural lightning dev meetup here in, I think it's lightning dev meetup. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, where are we at? Three, three like official weekly meetings now. Monthly, I think, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Monthly, yeah. Yeah. Three three weeks of <laughs> monthly. Austin, Austin. I know, you guys are getting me up into Austin like all the time now. I was like, I don't know. Someone's huh. like, Lisa, when are you moving to Austin? And I was like, what counts as moving? Like if I'm here half the month, like does that, <laughs> does that count? Can we just say it happened? I don't know. As long as you say it officially. I see. I we'll to, allow it. I see. I have to make an official announcement. I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I still got like Houston hometown pride, you know, like. What's going on in Houston these days? Is it humid? It's, I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's getting humid. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's hot and humid. I've been getting yelled at in the YouTube comments for not introducing guests. I'm sitting down with Lisa Naggett and Kyle Murphy. Lisa from Base58, Kyle from Pleb Lab. Both working on the Bitcoin Plus Plus conference that's going to be here in three weeks? Four? Five. It's, I mean, we have four full weeks and then like at this point, I think like a day or two. Okay. What is it? June? June 7th through 10th. 7th through 10th. Yeah. And so I titled this. With a couple of after parties scheduled for all day on the 11th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, I didn't get the invite to that. What's this? It's like the it's like the Zaprite sponsored taco pleb crawl. Oh, okay, and, okay. And then obviously the private invite only if you use BTC bum like steak dinner. So all right, I see why I didn't get invited yet. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, not yeah. using the promo codes, you're trying to win and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we titled this "Developing Bitcoin Developers." Base fifty eight, Lisa uh, and Sean. What's Sean's last name? Uh, Stack. Bill Johnson, okay. call him Stackamoto. Okay, Stackamoto. Uh, Lisa running Base58 trying to, uh, not trying to, they started a class to teach individuals how to develop on Bitcoin. Kyle runs Pleb Lab with our boy Carr, who's in the corner over here, producing the show, um, fostering Bitcoiners who are building an environment and accelerator to allow them to build. You guys are put Bitcoin plus plus together to uh, have a conference where people learn how to develop and then there will be a, a multi-day hackathon after the learning sessions. Uh, why do you guys feel so passionate about fostering the development community in Bitcoin? It's a great question. I mean, I think the thing with like, you know, starting Base58 is just like, there's a lot of like, I think devs that 
want to get into the ecosystem and like I really I'm really into interfaces like not like interfaces but kind of like integration work like you don't provide like a interface for people to be able to like access a service or something or get into an ecosystem or a community I think it can be really daunting and difficult so I don't know it just seemed like a really obvious thing to take like this like knowledge that I had and like kind of a lot of experience in teaching like I used to be a math tutor. I, tutor. I was a math tutor since like my sophomore year of high school all the way through like my end of college, right? So that's like eight years of tutoring geometry kind of stuff. Um, and it's like, okay, like I know how to like teach stuff. I know Bitcoin transactions at this point really well. Like a lot of the work I had to do on Lightning had to do with like building transactions. So that was just stuff I knew really well. It was like, it's really easy and like not a lot of work for me to provide this interface, right? Like you set up a class, you set up a structure, you set up like a few days of like, here's this calendar, you know, show up these days, pay me some money, show up to like the online class. And like at the end of it, you will like know a lot more about how Bitcoin works at like the protocol level than you did before. Right. And the whole theory behind that, like, I mean, the whole theory is that like, and I think we've, you know, we just started in like February. So it's been what, like four months. So mm -hmm. we're still like super new in terms of getting people in classes and stuff. But I think we've had like, we're, our, our second session is going to end next week. So end of next week, we'll have 20 new people that have gone through class at this point. Um, so it's like kind of a new, it's like kind of an early thesis, but the whole idea is that at the end of it, you get people who really understand kind of how the protocol works and that like is, you know, knowledge is power. Like they feel empowered to maybe try making their own wallet project or like maybe they're going to like go out and start contributing to a project because now they like understand what's going on or maybe these people can like better follow along the mailing list posts because they have enough context to understand what the changes are being proposed are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if I answer your question about like being passionate about like educating people. I think for me, it's like, more of a, you know, I, it's really easy for me to do this thing and set up this like interface for people to try and get into this ecosystem more easily. Like, let's just see what happens, right? It's kind of an experiment. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing in terms of the average student at Base 58? Are they coming with a development background with a particular expertise or are they fresh to development? Uh, I think it's a kind of a blend got like, you know, some new college kids who are in computer science stuff, but still pretty new. We've got like, you know, people who are basically at the retirement stage who maybe have been developers a long time or worked in IT for a long time and really into Bitcoin. Um, I will say the people that seem to get the most out of the class are like obviously the ones who do their homework, but also I think the people that it really seems to click for are ones that have had a lot of experience or like some technical experience beforehand. Um, because it is, it is really technical. Like, I think I like to kid myself that it's not a super technical thing, but it is. Um, that being said, we've had like, I think like Brad Mills has been in my current class. He's not a technical person and he seems like he's doing great. Like he asks great questions that sound like he's like understanding and following along. And like, even if he's not at a point where he's going to be building transactions by hand by himself anytime soon, I think like, you know, just the amount of level of being able to just see, okay, like, here's a number. This is your private key number. Let's do some math. Like, here's the math. We will, like, physically do the math and you can, like, see it. And here's, like, the public key at the other end of it. It's pretty powerful for people, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, for me, one thing that helped me really understand Bitcoin and feel comfortable, like, reading the mailing list and 
at least having a surface level knowledge of the debates we're going. I was reading Mastering Bitcoin, like understanding UTXOs, how transactions are created, how mining works, how the, the hashing algorithm works. And as somebody who's not technical at all, I've never written a piece of code in my life uh, outside of some HTML and CSS on MySpace. Uh, MySpace. <laughs> it is, I mean, I would encourage people to learn how this stuff works. It'll give you more confidence. It gives you more confidence in Bitcoin at the end of the day. You're like, oh, this is how it works. Like I can understand uh, at least the the high level interworkings of the protocol level. And it does seem to work. I'm verifying that this this sort of checks out my mind. Yeah. I also come from a super non-technical background. For me, it's it's been an evolution of that process of learning just from being plugged into the developer scene, like sitting in an office all day with guys like Super Testnet and all of these like wizards like Ben Carmen and and Tony, Tony Spaghetti, and, uh, <laughs> a handful of these other like brilliant wizards in the space. And it's just kind of like a this, you hear the same things over and over and over again. And even not being technical, it's like once you've heard the same kind of like phrase or word or this thing so many times, you're like, okay, like I've now heard that in so much different context, it's starting to kind of sink in. And then you get to the point where it's like, now I feel comfortable asking questions where I can have them break it down a little bit further. Um, so it's just been like a really cool learning. Exp I haven't read like any technical books. I've done no coding myself. I mean, I'm like not getting ready to go out and build a Bitcoin project. Um, <clears throat> but I've learned a lot from sitting around the guys who are building it. And, and I think to get to the question of like, why am I passionate about helping these developers build is, I think we all have this kind of feeling that the inevitability of this crash of the current system is coming. Like when we, we don't really know when like you hit that aha moment, right? Where like it, it reaches the precipice and then and it's just all downhill from there. But I've had this conversation with a couple of people where it's like, yeah, like when the crash happens and, and everybody learns their lesson, like everything will just get built and we're going to be fine. But, <laughs> but that idea of kind of like this, this thought process of waiting until it's, all absolutely fucked. necessary like, like if we believe that 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 catastrophe moment is coming if you genuinely believe that then every day you wake up we should be building like that catastrophe is coming today because if we don't know when it's coming the idea of just waiting until the catastrophe hits like if the global financial system collapsed today like bitcoiners suffer a lot a lot so like this idea of like just sitting by until the collapse comes and then we'll all just start building happily and Bitcoiners will be fine because we have Bitcoin. It's like, we're better off than a lot of people who don't have Bitcoin, but we're not as good as I'd like to be. And I don't think any of us think we're at like peak Bitcoin use cases, peak Bitcoin like resiliency. So the idea is that I'm passionate because I know what's coming. I genuinely believe the ethos that Bitcoiners live by. And I think we should wake up every day and, and try and support the fostering of the growth of this ecosystem as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I have this, I don't know, it's internal dialogue, whatever. And I always think of field of dreams, if you build it. like So it's like, is it, if you build it, they will come or we need to build it as a fail safe for when they do need to come or they're, they're like forced to come. And I think fostering a development community to build all this stuff, before it's absolutely necessary is is a good sort of guiding light to have. But then there's also potential. Maybe the Federal Reserve and the, the international central banking system can continue kicking the can down the road. And, and worst case scenarios, if you're building 
with this crash in mind. And even if it doesn't come, Bitcoin is just a, a better field to play on and they just come anyway. So I, I think it's a, a win-win situation. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of both. Yeah. It's like, if you build it, they will come, which is great because it, it gets better without the catastrophe having yet like manifested, mm-hmm. which is just an improvement in our day-to-day lives. But it's also like, if that catastrophe does come, like we're going to keep building. Mm-hmm. It's just like an easier start point when we get there like why do we want to wait and be like not as far along as we possibly could be when we get to that moment so i think it's it's a bit of both obviously i think if we hit that catastrophe um building mode kind of kicks off even more thoroughly because the the fundamentals of bitcoin security will play out the way that we all know they will so yeah I'm interested to hear your thoughts too on the the power of getting people to meet in person to do this stuff. Because you were mentioning just being in Pleb Lab, hearing Tony, Super Testnet, Ben Carmen talk about all the stuff via osmosis. You're sort of absorbing how all this stuff works. And similarly with me, I was never in an accelerator environment, but going to BitDevs in New York from 2015 until I left in 2020, like I, I often think of my first BitDevs when I went how nervous I was, like wore a jacket and like slacks thinking like it was something that you had to get dressed up for. And I knew nothing. I took copious amount of notes. Like the first one I went to it was actually a very interesting first bit devs to go to because it was after the quote unquote Hong Kong agreement and Ruskinovsky was explaining Segwit and what was discussed in Hong Kong. And it was literally the first meeting after that. And I had no idea what was going on at the time. I mean, I had heard about Hong Kong agreement on Twitter, but didn't really understand the gravity of the whole conversation that was going on. Uh, and so that was my first bit devs. And then continuing to go uh, throughout the years helped me develop the confidence to uh, like, talk about the protocol, and write about the protocol in the newsletter and talk about it on the podcast. But I, I think the in-person experience of being at the meetups and then developing the courage to walk up to some of these developers who are working on core and, and other parts of the protocol and ask questions and, <laughs> and have that immediate response in person was very valuable. Um, obviously, the work from home digital nomad theme has grown significantly in the last few years, but I, I do think what you guys are doing in terms of actually getting people in physical spaces has a lot of value and is very high leverage. Yeah, and that's why I think Bitcoin Plus Plus is going to be awesome because we're going to get a bunch of people. Um, Base fifty eight, the class that we've been doing, is all online right now. Um, it's like a you know digital experience. You like log into Zoom and watch me do some stuff on the computer. Um, but it's gonna. I'm really excited. I think we're getting like, uh, I don't. I think there's. I don't know how many people from Base fifty eight, but a good number of them that have taken the class are going to be at the actual conference in person. It'll be the first time they're going to meet. Other people who have been in Base 58 um, and meet, like, maybe for some of them, the first time they're going to get to meet, like, developers actually working in the space already, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really excited about in-person stuff. I'm bullish on in-person stuff. Um, it's hard to do. I think Base 58, we'd love to at some point to do in-person classes. But um, I work full-time at Blockstream, so it's definitely not going to happen anytime soon for me. Like, maybe I can find, you know, if we grow into having teachers and stuff, like, that could be something. But... Yeah. I think in person's, I mean, I just love people. Like that's the whole reason Plub Lab exists is because we started a Bitcoin club. Just like it was out of a selfish desire to hang out with Bitcoiners more. I came to BitDevs and it was 125 people in a room with no masks who were into Bitcoin. And I was like, all right, 
I guess I live here now. And uh, <laughs> after two of them, it was like, okay, I'd, like this whole thing is a bit too much for me. So like that barbecue thing we do at the end though, that's all right. Like, can we just do that for two hours? And it has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And here in Austin in particular, the value of community is like, yeah, it's great for learning. It's great for um, building. It's great for a lot of things, but really it like the base of all of that, the most valuable thing in my mind is just those connections with other people that you care about. Our good friend, Justin Moon, who just came to peek in was uh, the man who basically said he's like, he was talking about institutions and kind of bit devs becoming an institution. And he was like, you guys have that at Pub Lab. He's like, people don't see it yet, but you guys have five guys in a room who love one another and that's powerful. And, and that's kind of what we are trying to build here in Austin, or at least I'm trying to build here in Austin is like, this thing is, is bigger than just a network or an asset. It's about all of the people who participate in it. I, I think that matters a lot. Yeah, people are important. People are good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're building something that is hopefully going to benefit people already is benefiting people and you have to have people in mind and meeting in person. Yeah, that's another reason I moved to Austin. I was living on a barrier island on the coast of New Jersey where the average age on the island was 65 years old and nobody knew what Bitcoin was. And I was just like going crazy. So coming down here for me was part of the main reason was just being around people building and they're so much more productive. I mean, I've been extremely more productive in the first six months, seven months that I've lived here than I was in the two years prior when I was by myself and my father-in-law's bedroom on a barrier island in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It's been the most productive year of my life without question. Austin is just moving so fast. It's insane. Yeah. Bitcoin moves fast. Bitcoin moves real, real fast in Austin. It's, it's crazy to watch it all kind of playing out. Yeah. So let's talk about Bitcoin Plus Plus. What do we have planned? Oh man, I'm excited. I'm super excited. Uh, we've got two great days of workshops and talks from a bunch of builders and really tried to like also get educators. So Jimmy Song is going to be there. I think Justin Moon's going to do something. Base 58 is going to have a little like, you know, one of the workshops, et cetera. So really trying to focus on like, you know, if you're interested or curious in Bitcoin, maybe you're a developer, maybe you're new to devving, maybe you're a long old hand in crypto, the ecosystem as a developer, but want to find out what's going on in Bitcoin and get like introduction to all this stuff. Um, we've got really great speakers lined up. Um, we've got Fabrice from, uh, he's from Async, which is like a lightning implementation. He's going to do an awesome intro to lightning deep dive, I think, which is going to be great. So two awesome days of learning and meeting people and networking and we're going to play a LARP. We're going to have a Smash Brothers tournament. We're going to have a dinner with a bunch of the sponsors for the workshop days who are looking to either recruit or give grants to people that are developing in the Bitcoin space. So really just hoping to like, you know, connect people to ways like first we're going to like bring people in and, you know, get them interested in maybe all the different stuff and ways that they can get involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And then hopefully also introduce them to people that um, can pay them money so they can stay and figure out a way to like learn and explore more about what they're learning. And then Kyle and Plub Lab are doing a two week, ha two day hackathon. Two, week. <laughs> <laughs> two day hackathon after that. So the idea is you come, you learn a bunch of stuff, you meet some friends, you maybe you like talk to some people at some companies and then the next two days, uh, they're going to be at Bitcoin Commons. They're going to be here, I think, and they're going to be working on projects. So maybe, you know, you learn something that you want to like 
build on or expand on, or you've met some people and you want to like try and solve a problem together and see what happens. So I think it's the best collab of all time. Perhaps <laughs> It's like two days of learn and like meet people already actively working in the space. It like the, the two sides of the coin fit so well together where it's like, if you're looking to get involved in the space, but aren't necessarily somebody looking to go start your own company, it's like, come and learn like what's being built on Bitcoin, who's building on Bitcoin, meet the people building in Bitcoin, hiring in Bitcoin. And then on the tail end of it, it's like, okay, also here's like a fun opportunity to build something cool. And if you're more entrepreneurial, like let's get you plugged into that ecosystem as well. So, hmm. And during the first two days, are there going to be like siloed tracks where like, all right, if you want to focus on protocol, you go with this group. If you want to focus on lightning or is it more? Uh, I guess brush? I could try and do that with, I haven't, it wasn't that like master plan. It was so, really just me like asking people that I knew what they were working on. I thought it was cool to come like, yeah give talks. So no, it's not that structured. Co conference one, Marty, man. I'm sorry. Some slack, dude. Sorry maybe for, next time. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll have. That's like, tracks seem like a great idea. What a great invention. Uh, we should definitely try that. No, I like the broad brush. I'm, yeah. just, I'm sorry for putting. No, you're good. Oh, just no, kidding. you're totally good. Yeah. No, I'm messing with you. But, and then the hackathon you guys have, is it just go build anything or you have So themes? we'll, we'll kind of have, um, obviously I think there's, there's a, strong potential that some of the people that like learn about things uh, during the first two days meet some cool people probably preemptively planning building things uh, but we will also have our sponsors on our end that are that are kind of sponsoring the hackathon side of things that'll come in and present their companies their apis and some of the things that can be built uh, on that side so there's 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 i mean we have more than 12 million sets we're giving away for prizes so there will be a handful of different categories and potential things to be built on top of mm -hmm. And what would you say to anybody who's a bit apprehensive to take the plunge to, to buy the ticket to Bitcoin plus plus and come to Austin and build? Some I think if you're considering the plunge, like I shared it yesterday. So I mean, and, and honestly, after sharing it, we're now down to like 22 tickets with four weeks to go. So if, if you're considering the plunge and you're literally just sitting on the fence, probably not going to make it. You got to so, smash by. Yeah, probably just, <laughs> yeah, smash by. Well, There's a couple of discount codes out there. Ugh discount codes out there. So like save 10% with BTC bomb, get yourself a steak dinner if you tweet it at me uh, or, or just, you know, find the other ones. They're out there too. I'm giving Kyle a look because we all like, there's four of us that are uh, kind of like the main organizers. We all got our own, um, we all got our own discount code. I think we're running a competition. I don't remember what you win, but you win something. Yeah, Kyle's gonna get, mine's nifty. If you type in nifty, you get 10% off. I don't, but, I, I'm but not no offering steak a, dinner with that one. Yeah, I'm not saying. offering a steak dinner though. I'm sorry. <laughs> How would you explain like learning Bitcoin development for the first time to somebody who's like, oh, it's too daunting. Like, is it too daunting? It is daunting, but is it too daunting? I think it's daunting. Yeah, I think that's really fair. I think like, you know, I think it's kind of what you guys were saying earlier. Like there's this kind of concept of repeat exposure like if you're interested in it, like I think you kind of have to just accept that you're going to be in over your head and like, that's fine. Like at the end of the day, like no one cares if you don't like totally know everything or nothing or whatever. Like the people who are there and are showing up are like one excited, like, you know, why are people presenting at this conference? Why was it so easy for me to get like speakers, awesome speakers to come and talk? It's because they're really excited about telling people what they're working on. So like, it's not about like, you know, if, you, if you're feeling like some apprehension, like, like that's fine. But like, you know, the people that you're coming to learn from and listen to are like, 
just there because they're excited about it and want to tell you about it. And like, I'm sure they've got things that they, you know, um, don't know a lot about. And like part of the reason that they're maybe are like presenting it is because they've got like questions or interesting problems that they want help with as well, you know? So like, I don't know. I think it's a little bit about like why, I think it's like useful to like, if you're feeling like apprehensive or you feel like there's a lot going on or like you're never going to like be able to figure out or understand. It's like, you know, maybe that's like, I think the first, the first, I think, step to like getting over that is like accepting that maybe that's okay if you don't, if you're not able to like, okay, that's fine. No one's asking you to understand all of it or even like produce the next amazing like bit that's going to change the world, you know, like the, most people that are here aren't like, you know, that's not like what we're doing either. We're just like working on problems we think are cool and interesting and we'd love to share what we're working on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that piggybacks on something I've told like a lot of people over the last six months as well, where even non-technical people, I think it applies technically, but like I've had a lot of people come to me like, how can I do something like what you've done where it's like, you don't have a technical background, but you're building something in Bitcoin. And I've basically had the same answer over and over again, which is just create two lists, like sit down and write out a list of things that you enjoy doing. And then a list of things that you know you're good at doing. Because if you enjoy doing it, you'll be able to do it for like a really long time without making like a fortune doing it because you enjoy it. And if you're good at doing it and you do it long enough, I think you'll find a way to make money doing that. And everything is coming to Bitcoin. So like things you enjoy doing, things you're good at doing, find a place the two of them just like kind of cross paths and just go do that in Bitcoin. Like it could still be daunting, but if you enjoy doing it, and you're pretty good at it, just keep doing it. I think eventually it'll work. Consistency is key. We say that a lot here. Yeah. yeah. You know, showing up. Like, yeah. I had a friend at some point, I don't know why I was like asking people what they like, they wanted their legacy to be. I don't, sometimes I get on like weird kicks where I'm like- I like these kicks. Yeah, like, I'm like, someone's like, okay, at least what's your legacy? And I was like, I think I want my legacy to be just like showing up. Like that sounds like, and the person I was telling this, the conversation, one of the, I guess, the memorable conversations, like friends I had was like, kind of like, that's not good enough. And I was like, I think, I think showing up gets you like a lot farther than you think, man. Like, you know, and like, if you, like, what was it? Like Woody Allen was like the whole 90% of success is like showing up kind of thing. I think yeah. that's pretty true. Um, also kind of wanted to like touch back on this thing that I think we keep kind of bringing up is like, everyone's like, oh, I don't have a technical background. I don't like, I don't like, you know, like, look, man, I don't have a technical background either. Like I went to business school at the University of Texas. Like I got into programming when I was like 22, 23, right? Like I grew up in a technical household. Both of my parents are engineers, but like when my sister was taking comp sci in high school, I was taking photography and Spanish because I didn't want to be an engineer like my folks, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like, I think like, you know, like you can... Like being technical is like, I don't want to be it's like a state of mind, but like, you know, like figuring out how systems work is like technical work. Like maybe you're not like building technical things with code, but I don't like, I don't think that means anything about your ability to like understand the ecosystem or participate or like follow along with discussions, et cetera. Like the only thing that like actually getting into the code helps with, and like this really depends on, and it really depends on what you're doing with code when you like actually sit down to do it. A lot of people write code and like it doesn't move the needle on their understanding of Bitcoin at all, like ever. Um, but like, you know, it's like, what are you doing when you're like spending time and like the technical side? Are you like 
learning about how Bitcoin is put together and like how the parts work? Or are you like, you know, plumbing some stuff together to make a web page? Like both things are totally valid, but like, I don't know. I think there's just like, it's like a big like grade. And if you're not technical now, it doesn't mean that like you can't learn stuff, you know? Right. Like, I mean, engineering is problem solving, right? Like uh, we got a guy in our office, John, founder of ZapRite, um, UI UX guy, built an entire platform with a back end, taught it to himself because he had a problem he needed to solve and he wanted to solve it. So he just went out and did it. And like, again, consistency, right? Like he, he didn't know what he was doing, but he knew he had a problem. He knew he wanted to solve the problem. And like you learn the technicals along the way because it matters to you. Yeah, just keep chipping away, yeah. chipping away. Yeah. Then again, going back to, even if you're not technical and you're worried about not being technical and being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't learn this again. And going back to like the ethos, if you truly believe and don't trust, verify. Like, this is the best way to verify. <laughs> like I was saying earlier, like I had to read Mastering Bitcoin. I was like, how the, how the fuck does this work? I need to verify it. And in terms of building your confidence in Bitcoin, I think it's the most high leverage thing you can do is dive in and you don't have to be able to write the code. You don't even have to be able to understand everything that's going on, but uh, having that high level knowledge of how everything works together will give you more confidence in days and weeks like this week where you have Ponzi's blowing up and the price crashing and everybody and their mother screaming about Bitcoin about to fail. And you'll be like, no, like I know this works. Like, <laughs> Yeah. This has been a crazy week. I don't know. I've really been enjoying this week. I'm such a like, the price should go lower, like lower. <laughs> lower. Like, I don't know. It's a fascinating time where it's like but, 18 months ago, I was all about lower prices all the time. Now it's like, it's things have changed a little bit in the sense that it's like, I, I've gotten more plugged into the kind of uh, builder ecosystem. It's like watching the traditional and kind of crypto markets all just bloodbathing all together all at the same time. It's like really unfortunate while trying to raise capital for businesses. And I mean, mm -hmm. like things are still turning along. And if you're building something of value, I think you'd probably be fine. It's just uh, slightly different than it used to be when it was just me just sitting outside of it as a hodler and trying to buy and accumulate as much as possible. At this point, I don't, I don't have anything to buy it with. <laughs> I have like 50% of my Bitcoin like locked up in Unchained for loans for the business. Mm -hmm. Like trying to raise capital is, is tricky when no one really knows what's happening with the markets. So yeah. the markets, the markets, the markets, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Like if we go into a stagflation, it seems like it's, we're already high, in we already, yeah, exactly. the thing we're, already like, we're already in a recession. Yeah. Like we've been in a recession well, for yes. a few months now. So if we're getting technical Sorry, from okay. the MBER definition, we have to wait until Q2 GDP numbers come out. That's always like, but that's always we're in the middle of a trailing though. indicator, right? Yeah. Like numbers yeah. are always a trailing indicator. Like you can, I can look around and be like, yes, we're in a recession. Like, yes. No, it's, it's pretty obvious. Clear. Yeah. 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 And what did we come in today? 8.5, 8.7% CPI year on year? Oh, uh, well, no, is it? I don't know what that number know. is. I The one I look, the one that came across my desk recently was um, a friend of mine posted the I-bonds. So there's this bond program. You can buy every individual in the U.S. can pay 10, you can buy $10,000 worth of I-bonds and they pay like a base rate plus a fit, like a fluctuating rate. The fluctuating rate updates every six months. 
um, and that that's like the official like CPI thing or whatever. It's nine point six two. Oh, lovely. So you can get nine point six two on ten thousand dollars worth of bonds that you buy. Fun fact though, so like the fixed rate is at zero, and the fluctuating rate is the one that's at like the if you double it. So it's a six month rate, so it's four point something, but you double it and it's six point whatever and nine point six. It's transitory though, so we'll be fine. Yeah, that's why it's, that's why they're only changing, you know, the the fluctuating part, not the. I don't, uh, I don't want to get too heavy, but it's scary. I mean, just personally, my wife's due to give birth in the next couple of weeks, and you're seeing these like baby formula shortages, and yeah. we're in a position. Where, unfortunately, my wife is not able to breastfeed, and it's like holy shit! Like you know, I can have all the Bitcoin in the world if you can't produce yeah. that formula. Like, yeah. like I've been trying to front run the formula shortages it's things are and i'm fortunate enough to be able to do that and you think of that on a wider scale and there's, there's little, gonna be a lot of suffering in the next like eight months i think it's like the kind of the value proposition of i think why i'm so passionate about community right it's like obviously it, it doesn't solve every problem like our, our community is not yet solving for baby formula shortage problems but that growth of a network of people that care about one another and support one another in those hardest times when things are really shit hitting the fan. It's great to have people that you genuinely know you can fall back on, that you can lean on, that support you. And because you support them, it's like things are really going to get quite ugly and, and really painful. Like it's when you get there, it's people really, I think that solve for a lot of the problems you're running into. Yeah. And it's again, the reason I'm down here is I want to be around the people building because I do, maybe it's hubristic, but I do think like the people, you, you, car, the people building in this space are going to like, we can't depend on the politicians to do this. Like yeah. we have to build our way out and like build these communities, like what's going on with the beef initiative and mm-hmm. these tangential sort of grassroots efforts that are going on around Bitcoin are going to be the way that we get out of this mess and finally wake people up like hey they're not coming to save you like yeah. you have to save ourselves and, and that mentality is very apparent here in austin and just throughout bitcoin uh I'm be like, globally, texas excuse me no. <laughs> texas but more broadly I mean, there are bit devs yeah, all over the world there's true. people yeah. like, even though we're talking about like meeting up in bitspace it is cool to meet up in mm-hmm. in the digital world too and, and sort of yeah. spot these trends and be and like here's is, where we need to work yeah and this is why I think growing the community and finding people that are really like get and understand Bitcoin and are excited about it and getting them more involved and making it such that they can be like fully engaged in terms of like maybe a career or a, a company that they're building or like maybe they're doing open source work and are sponsored by a company that is doing like you know like a exchange that's got money or something that they're putting towards Bitcoin development um, it's so important because like, you know, the more people that you have working in the space, you know, it just kind of, I think, makes the whole community stronger. Um, it makes it more resilient, right? Like, you know, in technology, we talk like, so on like a project, like, you know, Core Lightning, which is the project we work on for Blockstream, um, you kind of like, there's like certain parts of the code base that like really only one person really understands how it works to some extent. We call that like the bus factor. Like if that person were to get hit by a bus, how many buses would have to like, how many people would have to be on the bus and the bus fall off a cliff before that particular part of the code base is like lost forever, right? Um, And like, so Bitcoin probably has a bus factor, right? Like there's probably parts of the Bitcoin protocol that like, unless we're like, 
people like myself who've like spent, you know, four years at this point learning from all the smart people at Blockstream and the larger Bitcoin community about how Bitcoin transactions work, what decisions were made, why those decisions were made, um, what were the like founding kind of engineering principles that a lot of these decisions and like the protocol got built out of. Like, you know, without someone like me and uh, Stack doing that work to like educate people on why the things in Bitcoin are the way they are, like it is going to be kind of fragile, right? So that's why like, you know, teaching more people about why Bitcoin is the way it is and how it is, is like really important at like even the technical level. Um, so that like, yeah, I don't know, like as the community grows and as like, um, maybe like, I don't know if something, if things do get tough for people, you know, not every core dev is going to be able to keep working on Bitcoin forever. Yeah. Um, we got a like replacement factor, so to speak, or... Don't get hit by a bus, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I recall correctly, people like Rostyanovsky was a bus factor there for a while when he was separating the node from the wild architecture in Core. Right? Oh, I didn't know about that, but yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. I believe it, like, because he, he was the the one, because that was very, in the depth. way I understand it, it was very in-depth grunt work. Yeah, yeah. That nobody a else wanted to do. Work. Yeah, it's a lot of maintenance work. And this is the thing about Core, right? Like a lot of this stuff, like Core is not sexy these days. I mean, Bitcoin Core is like not like the I, sexy new. I like that. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm like way into it. I think that it brings in different types of personalities that are probably like more um, more focused on actually like caring about the project as like a maintenance. Like, you know, you need the gardeners at this point that are into like weeding and making it better and doing like incremental improvements, et cetera. Um, yeah, so I think it's like great, but like, you know, it's like one point you got to like train, you got to like get new gardener, you need a gardening program. Like here's like where the shovels are. And like, this is where, you know, we put the manure for like the, to keep the stuff going. Like, I think, so having like a pathway for people to get into that project. I mean, I'm making it really sound unsexy, but I guess that's kind of the point, right? I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, the space is challenging, right? It's sexy yeah. in the sense that it works. It's, it's, it's like less sexy, if you will, in the sense that like, you're going to build all of these sexy new things on top of it. But the fact that it was sexy the way it needed to be, got it to the point where it was like, okay, now we can build these sexy new layers on top of it because it works. It just like, it did exactly what it was supposed to be. It was attractive in all of the right ways to all of the right people. Now, obviously the yin and yang is to Lisa's point, like we have to continue that like well, there needs to be some level of education for people that are going to continue to secure it and watch it and make sure that it keeps doing what it's supposed to do i think that'll happen just because the incentives are there like the bitcoin itself is incentivized to keep the right people in the right places at the right times yeah and the big meme has always been like bitcoin's too hard to develop on i'm going to go develop on ethereum or Solana or something like that do you think have you noticed any Yes. Changing in those winds of people who made that move first, being like, I want to go build something easy, who understand that maybe the trade offs other, other protocols make um, don't uh, fine tune for longevity. And so, minimally, I, I mean, I, I don't know on Lisa's side, but on, on our side, I, so I've been trying really hard to kind of push this conversation around um, not like changing the cultural narrative because i think bitcoin's culture is does bitcoin have a culture or is it many cultures it's there's probably many cultures within kind of like an umbrella ish culture i, I mean there's a lot of commonalities right like not everybody agrees on everything but 
like the culture to the sense that like what we have here in Austin, right? Like people don't agree about everything or on everything, but everybody like puts those differences aside to, to work together because we know that we have to, like, it's, it's either we all freaking burn together or we all work together. And while we don't have the, like the, everything exactly aligned that like, we all put that away. And the, the culture of like putting our differences aside to work together, I think that's the culture I'm trying to kind of overlay is that that culture is real. And it, it's like, we're all trying to actively support one another in, in this thing that we're working towards. I think we're relative to some of the, the altcoin shit coin, like, um, marketing, I think is where we still have room for improvement. Our culture is in my opinion, as good as it gets. I think the Bitcoin community uh, at large has room for improvement in, in marketing that culture. There's a lot of kind of like doom and gloom and like this just overarching, like it's everything's hard. Everything's a bad time. Like prepare for the the worst of the worst. And like, that's true. We're trying to do that. But if we're trying to get more people to come in and build so that we are more prepared, I think we need to make it seem more appealing. We need to make it seem like there's like this great community that you can get plugged into and you can actually have fun building and working in Bitcoin. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but pretty much the moment I got plugged into Bitcoin, I've been having mostly a great time ever since, especially around other Bitcoiners. Like when I'm with other Bitcoiners, it's always a good time. I, I think as a community, we could do better about kind of getting that messaging out there. Come build. It's fun. Yeah, You're going to change the world. I think, one, yeah. Was one thing about the Bitcoin protocol, at least for technically minded people, man, I can't, I shouldn't say that, you know, people that like computer system stuff. Um, once you start, like, at least it happened to me, like reading, mastering Bitcoin and like getting, figuring out how Bitcoin works is just like, it's such a beautiful system. It's just like, it's like the way that like it married, like incentive design with tech, like with like protocol design is just like actually incredible. And like, I think that's part of why like I wanted to do base 58 is just make it so that more people can like actually see it like for themselves, how cool and interesting and like well designed, like well designed things like, I don't know. I spent a lot of time. I think recently I've been tweeting a lot about like jewels and jewelry and stuff just because like I, I really like like beautiful things. Like mm -hmm. it's just kind of like a thing. I spent a lot of time working at Etsy and living in New York City and like the design communities there are like I think some of the best in America, maybe not, even the world really. Like let's be real. And uh, it's like so like things that are like well designed, like you can tell well designed things like even beautiful objects, like, you know, I've been looking at a lot of like just antique jewelry because I'm weird, whatever. I have like free time. Um, and like antique jewelry is like really expensively priced, but it's like, like you look at it and you're like, that's ugly as shit. Like why would anyone <laughs> spend like $15,000 on this like horrible like thing? Like no one's going to wear that, right? But there's also like, you know, along along with that other stuff, there's also some like the stuff that's like actually well-designed and old and super exquisite is worth like millions of dollars, if that makes sense. Like old things that like beautiful objects like retain their beauty across time, so to speak. Like, um, 
and you can see it in like just like well classically designed things are just like they're more expensive in the aftermarket like the vintage stuff and like people actually like buy them and value them because they like meet some like I don't know like I don't want to be like ideal of beauty that every human shares I don't you know that's like almost getting into like the philosophy side of aesthetics which is very interesting and like a whole very like separate topic but I actually like truly believe that like Bitcoin is a beautiful object and like it as like incentive design and like yeah there's like you know a few things that we've changed and like it's not like I don't I don't want to say like you know the protocol itself is fixed but like the system engineering that went into it I think is like you know the level of like classic beauty of like actual engineering like engineering classics so to speak and those are the sorts of things that like you know you as like you know an alien like you know a person who wants to write computer protocols like 50 years from now will be able to like look at Bitcoin and be like, wow, this is like still cool and interesting 50 years from now and beautiful as a system and the way that like, I think not a lot of other things are. And I think what I'm trying to say is that like that beauty sort of solves itself sometimes. Like once you introduce people to it, like smart people understand what the value is of that like. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow. I mean, I'm constantly shilling Gwern's Bitcoin is worse is better. Because when you, when you, he wrote that blog in 2012, I believe, maybe even 2011, mm-hmm. when altcoins started popping off and people were like, oh, Bitcoin's too slow. It's too dumb. You can only fit so many transactions. He was like, no, this is the point. Like, this is part of the, the beauty of a design. It is dumb for a reason, real, like, quote unquote, dumb. I think that's she, a, sorry. I was going to say, like, you think of like 10 minute block time. Uh, the difficulty adjustment specifically, like the UTXO set, it's a push system, like all these things coming together. It is incredibly beautifully designed and it, it will be looked back on as I think one of like the greatest wonders, like one of the seven wonders of the world at some point in the future. Like, maybe yeah. the first like wonder of the world in the digital realm. But it's funny because it also meshes, like you have the social incentives, you have the incentives on the development side, then you have the physical world incentives with mining and its intersection yeah. with the energy sector. Like it's it's the first time we as computer people, like as like computer people figured out how to tie the real world to computers, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like scarcity. It's just like, it's cool. I don't know. I get really, it's just like, oh, it's so cool. It's just so cool. Anyway, it's like, yeah, like getting new people in and when you like actually show them like how cool it is and like, it's the first thing. So one thing I like to talk about in Base 58, I, I, man, I say this, I think like every class and like, this is my favorite thing to teach. And then like, you know, like, just, like every class, all right guys, today we're learning my favorite thing. Um, but one of my, one of my favorite things to teach in class is about elliptic curves. Like I freaking love my elliptic curve, like intro lecture. And what's so cool about it is like elliptic curve, like Bitcoin was like the first, my, I'm keep waiting. I'm going to keep saying it until someone tells me about another system, but proves you wrong. But I'm pretty sure Bitcoin is like the first big engineered system that like productionized elliptic curve cryptography, if that makes sense. What do you mean by productionized? Like it's a thing that you and I use on a regular basis and it like secures our life and like it changed the way that humans are able to interact with each other because of like elliptic curve crypto. And I think like people might be like, oh yeah, but there's like certs on computers and logins and stuff. And I'm like, okay, like maybe they used it there, but that didn't like change the way that like people interacted with servers when they started using like curve crypto and like other contexts. But like when you like, this was like the first like uh, killer app, first killer app of like dip curve cryptography, so to speak. Like it's like, like 
tying it to like money systems. It was like the first time that we took this amazing, cool, really revolutionary, like um, kind of like a uh, discovery in the research side of cryptography and like made a, a killer app, you know, just like cool. Maybe the, like the biggest killer app to ever exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first wonder of the digital world. I was curious if we were now pushing the metaverse. It's like, oh, uh. <laughs> No. Okay. But that's the thing about Bitcoin, right? Is that like, it has this weird, like, yeah, it is like kind of a metaverse thing. Like it doesn't physically exist anywhere outside of computers. Like you, you need computers to have Bitcoin. Like you can't get around that. Um, But like, like it's like so weirdly tied to the like real world. It's this like proof of work thing that like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I think, I think the proof of work too. I mean, we kind of went on a, a little big little, tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that was the word I was. We like for. tangents here at TFT. <laughs> They're good. They're good sometimes. Um, like kind of coming back to this this space where the the altcoiners and the the bitcoiners and like their their merger, like some of the stuff she's working on with Base Fifty Eight, um, educating people. I think education is one of the most fundamental things for kind of reaching those people, and and it's another thing we're really kind of passionate about at Pleb Lab, which is why. The, again, the collaboration with Base58 makes so much sense. We're trying to push, I mean, we're working with Jimmy Song and D++ to kind of reinstate um, like a full Bitcoin focused class at UT Austin. Mm. I'm trying to get into other departments beyond just engineering as well. I think like- Economics should be teaching this. Nick right? yeah, yeah, yeah. just announced a, a business class that he's teaching at UMass. Somewhere. We need a whole program. Like I want to see like a Bitcoin bachelor's degree at UT. And and I think another little simple thing that we're working on that I think is super useful to the idea of, of getting into the space and seeing that it's cool and, and that you can just very simply that you can do it. Um, one of the other things we're working on currently is trying to create just a landing page, a very simple landing page with like three to five really fundamental and like easy to build. I mean, maybe not easy to build, but buildable things in Bitcoin. Like here's tutorials on building a Bitcoin wallet. Here's tutorials on some DLC stuff. Like here's LN URLs, like push a payment across the network. Just like a simple place where if you're curious about Bitcoin, just give it away. Just like, let's get an access point out there where people who are curious about building on Bitcoin can just find a place to build something on Bitcoin simply. And then if they've already done it, that now they're kind of plugged into this thought process of like, oh, Bitcoin isn't too complex. I can build really cool things on Bitcoin. Then the last step is really just get them plugged into the community. And I think that's really like those two things married together, like education and access to the community. This thing will really start to kick off. And there's so much to build. I don't want to talk my own book here, but like, I'm extremely proud. Like I didn't build it, but DJ, shout out DJ Seeds. Uh, he, I met him at BitDevs during consensus of 2018. He was 19 at the time. And we just met there and he was talking about wanting to get into Bitcoin development. And he went home. I forget where he, he's a nomad. I forget where he went after um, after that consensus. But we kept in touch. He built LNCast.com, which was like the first ever like podcast, like pay sats get access to a mp3 pile um, which is really cool and we kept in touch he reached out to me when he built that and i was like 
oh, like, um, this is really cool. Yeah, I'd love TFTC to be on there. And then he helped me build the site, tftc.io. And then we just started building stuff in Bitcoin. And like, we didn't have to be protocol stuff. It was practical stuff for my business. I was like, he was like, all right, what can we build with like the Lightning Network? I was like, well, we have a Shopify store. We have a BTC pay server. Like, how can we get it so people can go to Shopify and pay with Bitcoin directly to our BTC pay server? And I paid him and he went and built it. And I'm very proud that BTC pay server has actually taken his original implementation or integration, excuse me, and sort of grown on it. And now it's like a part of BTC pay server. And then similarly with the Lightning Network paywalls that we're building, uh, integrating BTC pay server into Ghost. Uh, like that's the other thing from a business perspective. If you're not technical, what you can do is find these developers looking to build and you can combine like, hey, I need this for my business with, hey, I'm looking to build something and, and pay somebody to build it for you. And it's possible. It's crazy. Like we, like I, that's like been my goal over the last few years. Like how can I integrate BTC pay server into as many of the things that I touch in my business as possible? So like content delivery, somebody pays 25 cents worth of sets, they get an article, that goes straight to my my node. Somebody buys some merch, we're spinning up a merch store again, and we'll re-implement our BTC pay server, and it's going straight to me. And that's like something that's innovative that has never existed before, mm-hmm. and I'm just some idiot who mm-hmm. essentially uh, uh, like bug bountied <laughs> it with a developer that I became friends with at, mm-hmm. at a bit devs. Isn't it crazy I, though that like getting paid directly is revolutionary? Right? <laughs> it's cool. I think it's also... It's fascinating to see how much that space you just described is going to evolve. Like I, I know a guy right now who's kind of working on creating like a Bitcoin agency where this idea of like plug and play, where it's like you have a traditional business thing or just a business idea that you're trying to kind of get Bitcoin built into. It's like if you're just looking for a quick Bitcoin specific like builder, uh, putting together places where you can get access to that quickly and kind of just maybe not hiring like a full-time person, but that the space is really fascinating to watch grow from the inside out. It's like really cool where this thing's yeah. going. There's so much to build. There's so much to oh integrate Bitcoin into. So much. Yeah. We're just getting started. Yeah. And like it's the light, so the lightning side of things is like the most interesting because that's where I think you can really supercharge like business operations. You talk about yeah. API calls enabled by lightning payments and stuff like that. And yeah. Other things. So you have thoughts on that. You can give a little... Yeah, I was like, there's a lot of stuff there. I feel like I haven't quite figured out exactly how that's going to evolve. I feel like, like, I don't know. I feel like one thing that I've been seeing develop in Lightning that makes me a little sad is like services that build APIs that you use to access Lightning. So it's not like run your own node. It's like, you know, interact with someone else's like service that will like do the thing. I've seen that like, I don't know, sorry, that like trend has got me a little down lately. It's cool, but yeah, like I know why it's happening. It's because it's like a thing developers are used to using and they can like build on top of it really quickly because it fits a paradigm they're used to. So it's definitely, I think, a way to supercharge like the adoption of lightning payments across tons of platforms. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess I've kind of like, yeah, that development of that like particular ecosystem of like how to get paid with lightning for services online, I think like... It's definitely at an interesting inflection point right now, and uh, I'm a little worried about which direction we're going to end up. So, where where would you prefer to see it go? Yeah, I think it's like I think it's like man, 
the stuff we're building at like Greenlight, I think the things that like Voltage is doing that makes it such that you can like an um like even like Umbral, right? Like run your own node and like providing interfaces to like decentralized node stuff, I think is cool. Um, and like kind of just building out interfaces such that like really just working on the interface between, I think like, you know, the labs people did it with um, like LNC Lightning Node Connect and we've got something really similar called like Commando that's like, you know, just like the connection to your like node, your personal node or like your node, wherever it is, is like, I also like, I have to like admit that I think that's a really hard problem to solve. There's like a lot of hard problems and maintenance around that. And it's probably not going to scale to the next like million people or whatever. So like, I can see why, you know, so there's like the, I have my node and here's how I connect to it and do stuff with it. And here's how I like do permissions for my nodes so that like people can build services that other people can get paid from me from a node that I run. So like facilitating peer-to-peer payments between people that run their own nodes, but as a third party service, I think there's like, I think that's a hard problem. I think it's not really something that like, there's a lot of money in for the person building that service. There's not really a lot of incentive to like build systems that make like peer-to-peer payments possible because you're not in the middle of that payment flow. Um, And so like, I don't know, I think like, more people, I think I've seen like more stuff with like, oh, like just like use this thing that has an API and then we can hit the API kind of thing. Or yeah. like, you know, use Strike because Strike has an API. Uh, yeah, I see that. Well, that's why I'm happy there's people like Evan Kalutis out there building things like Zeus. And yeah, this like, is awesome. Yeah, just well, like, well, that's the other thing too. Like not, once you get your nodes set up, your channels set up, like we set ours up in 2019. Wow, early. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's been running ever since. Like our yeah. node is, is, I mean, we've had, it's gone down a few times over the years, but we've always gotten it back up. Our channel management's been good. And then like something like Zeus, once you have, like, you do maybe have to do some grunt work and that's something you can pay a developer to do that you trust. Like, hey, I'm a business. I want to run a lightning node so that we're accepting payments directly to the business. Uh, I want to, I, DJ, can you help me do this and set up the flow and manage channels? And then something like Zeus or Zap, when it was being maintained, like you just point the QR code and, and boom, yeah. you have it on your phone it's and you really can great. you can manage yeah. your node from your phone. It's not that hard. It does take a little bit of effort in the beginning, but once you have it set up, like it is worth the time investment of that initial setup. I think it's going to be inevitable though that like, it, this idea, I see it across like all of the different sectors in, in Bitcoin right now is this decentralized centralization, right? Like not everyone is going to run their own node. Like my mom and my grandma not going to run their own notes. Like there's like some level of kind of, it is all decentralizing. We're not going to need giant institutions, but you might have within your families or your communities kind of like community institutions, like yeah. actually kind of a return to like, family banks and community banks and things that aren't giant mega worldwide conglomerates. But I think it is unlikely that we are anywhere remotely close to this idea of like a 100% peer to peer decentralized thing. It just for the the average user that, that little bit of grunt work is too much grunt work. I mean, but like, here's the thing, like Stripe could be rolling out a lightning API and like months right like we don't know what they're working on but it's totally possible that stripe would have like a lightning api right like stripes like the enormous like you know dev first apis for payments thing right like 
So when Stripe, let's say Stripe's like launching a, a lightning, I'm not, I don't know if they are, but like hypothetically, like they launched one like tomorrow, right? Like how many devs are now going to be building on lightning, just calling APIs to some like centralized service thing, you know, like. I yeah. Know. Maybe I'm an idealist as like a business owner. Again, going back to like eliminating as many third parties as possible. Yeah. Like I wrote, like I wrote this in a thread a couple of weeks ago. Like I do, I'm bullish on the relative decent. I don't think it's going to be full. I don't think everybody's going to run their own node. I don't think that's practical. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think at some point, maybe like hundreds. Most of people years are too lazy, like, but I it's do. Like green light so important. <laughs> but <laughs> no, like uh, everybody's worried. Like all oh, the all the exchanges are going to be like these massive hubs. And I'm like, oh no, I'm a media company, mm-hmm. and I run a node. And if Bitcoin does what we think it's going to do and all these companies are integrating with Bitcoin, I I think you can make an argument that from a business owner perspective, if you truly want to eliminate risk, third party risk, like you're going to pay developers to maintain your node and you're going to provide liquidity to those nodes and it's going to happen in media. It's going to happen in finance. It's going to happen in healthcare. It's going to happen. But this is where like, you know, what we're doing with Base58 is so important is someone needs to be training all those people how that works, right? There's going yeah. to be like, I think I think you're right. I think that Lightning is going to be and like running a node is going to be a really important part of a lot of like business ops maybe at some point in the future. And this is why projects at like getting your University of Texas to start having a program or certificate or something where people can learn about all this stuff because like unless like we're training, unless we're like actually making it such that people are interested in doing that kind of work, have the interface like through a class or a program where they can learn like how to do that and how to make it, you know, like it's like almost like you need like an industry of people running nodes. And this is where I think PlubLab, not PlubLab, PlubNet, uh, sorry, is so awesome. Is it, It's doing that like in a grassroots way of like training a bunch of people how to run lightning nodes independently. And that like, like PlubNet is like, you know, not like the workforce, but that's like, that's like the potential like talent pool that like all these businesses will be able to draw from. And without that, like, I think lightning would be like pretty up a creek. You know, in yeah. terms of adoption, Plugnet is pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, great resource, great yeah. community. If you're looking, if you're a developer looking to get in the space and you don't want to like contribute to, you don't think you can contribute to like core protocol or like working on a particular Lightning implementation. Just focus on learning how to run a node and manage channel liquidity and fees and all that, and people will be looking to hire you. Yeah, like, it's exactly how we started this thing at UT. It's like I was actually at. Um, I don't remember if it was a BitDevs or one of our Austin Bitcoin Club meetups, but I, I met some university guys who knew the head of the engineering department over there. And I started talking with him. And on our first call, the thing that he basically told me was like, there were two things. He was like, one, I, I don't know what Bitcoiners want. Like when it came to building things, he didn't really understand the community's like desires for what we want built because they like being on both sides of it. He sees all these things that are being built in the in the other space in crypto and it is a lot of it like a lot of the things that are over there that like their market is saying there's value for and value in when it's like i could build that in bitcoin without changing protocol without any kind of security flaws whatever bitcoiners don't want it and uh so there's like this thing that needs to happen where like, I think again, Bitcoiners need to get better at marketing what our culture is and what it is we're looking for and what we're trying to build. But then the other thing was tied into this whole lightning and, and node operation. It's like, 
he said that at the university, they actually tried running a node and they could not figure out in the course of a semester or two, how to like financially incentivize making it worth running. And that's kind of how we got plugged in. D++ was there. I mean, she kind of started PlebNet. So it was a, it was a good conversation to kind of figure out how we could go about educating them on all of the channel balancing and everything that happens in, in running a node. And then pushing further into it to try and get a, a class going again. Yeah. Well, that opens up like another debate, like the, again, coming from like the business owner perspective, how do I view node operation at TFTC? Is it a loss lead that just enables us to do cool things that that we don't get fees taken from us? Maybe, we, maybe, maybe saving 3%. Yeah. Is it, are the on-chain costs less than 3% of what you're earning with it? You know, like you're saving money then. Yeah. But then like, if we can build stuff unique to our operations using our node and lightning implementations or lightning integrations that we build in house, like maybe the node isn't as profitable um, in terms of like developing routing fees. Maybe it can be, but even if it isn't, like I think the sovereignty of running your own node is worth it being a, a loss lead. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm idealistic, but... Uh, but you're I, using it as like kind of like a vendor, right? Like you're like, you're accepting payments over Lightning, right? Like yes. your goal of running the node is for people to be able to pay you, your destination, right? <laughs> and so like at the end of the day, like I think you probably aren't, I mean, maybe any routing you do is like incidental to your real purpose of like trying. It's almost like, I don't know like some you have like a lot of money and then you end up in prop trading maybe on accident like as the company it's like you have a lightning node because you want to get paid and maybe you end up being like a huge routing node that makes you like some decent capital on the side but that's like incidental to the point of running the node right yeah like, no really like you maybe not even like fine-tuning for routing fees maybe you just have a bunch of bitcoin that you accumulate via this node and you're like oh i have all this bitcoin let's put it to work maybe i put it on um on the ads, maybe I put it in like yeah. in like a liquidity pool to get yield on it. Yeah. Like there's so that's the other crazy like how is this gonna change? Like the world like the world of finance is gonna be like this is where like uh, like the regulation stuff is just like, oh my God, it could like <laughs> fuck up everything because as a media company, like I have this capital and I could put it to work. Yeah. Uh by providing liquidity and like yeah. become like media first financial services I mean, like GE secondary. ended up, what was it, like GE Financial ended up becoming like the thing that was keeping General Electric running for a long time. Anyways, not that that's going to happen to your like thing, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, businesses get into different positions and you start doing stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about Lightning, right? It's like the, not the barrier to entry, but just like, I mean, the barrier, like getting a Lightning node up and running and figuring out how to make the capital on your node, like work for you in whatever way. Maybe it's like receiving payments. Maybe it's sending payments. Maybe it's trying to like provide the connection between those two parties such that you get, you know, paid for that service. Um, like, I think like it, 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 that, that like ecosystem is like so accessible to like anyone in a way that it like never has. Like how many of us like have access to like routing payments for Visa, right? <laughs> or even like providing capital, like loan, you know, like the way credit card systems work, right? It's like bank gives you a loan, you like spend some money, the banks like move the money around in the background between the things, like those routing behind the scenes thing. And then they like pay the vendor back like 97% of whatever you agreed to pay them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, yeah. I think. Yeah. 
I think in the Bitcoin space right now, the more you get involved in it and the more things you plug into, it just becomes like that much more optionality in your business model, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you can start a media company, you can start an education company, you can start an accelerator, you can start a mining company. There's all of these different things that you can start, but like you start it, and then you, you also have this other thing that you can be doing. You can be running a node at your media company. And as this space evolves in ways that I think some of us see some of the directions it's going, but none of us know every direction it's going to go and all of the things that come from it. So the more you plug into these different sectors and these different things you can do, the more kind of redundancy and optionality and, and potentially you're building into your business as, as things move forward. And like, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, like every business has like a CFO at some point, right? Every mm-hmm. business has an account, needs an accountant. Like every business today touches money. And there's like things that you have to do like with the money, right? And like running a lightning node might just be the other obvious thing that everyone as a business does because like you touch money, you touch Bitcoin, you touch Bitcoin, so you have a lightning node, right? Like you touch Bitcoin, so now you have like a whole bunch of like expensive accountants that tell you how to like do the like basis calculations on it, whatever, whatever. But like, um, you know, like businesses touch money, businesses that touch money will probably at some point also start touching Bitcoin, right? Is the thought. Yeah. And going back to the point you were just making, Kyle, like that harpens back to what we were saying earlier, just showing up is like half the battle. Like that's what I feel very fortunate is like spinning up our lightning node in 2019. And then we've just been showing up and tinkering with it. And I think we have a competitive advantage to many of the other media companies in the world. I'm talking outside of Bitcoin because we have so much experience from showing up, running it, tinkering with it. And like you said, well, I don't know how it's going to evolve, but just from being around and playing around with it, we'll eventually, I don't want to say stumble into something, but something will happen where it's like, oh, we can have a competitive advantage from uh, doing this thing with Lightning. And You already have that competitive advantage, but like the earlier and the more you show up, the like the more your competitive advantage grows with network effect and like the development of the space and the ecosystem and everything you can do with it. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Show up freaks. Just show up. Um, Yeah. What else should we talk about? What's uh, what are we worried about? You're not, let's, let's go the other way. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of doom and gloom in the world right now. What are we optimistic about moving forward? I'm super optimistic about the people that have already gone through base 58. There's only like, maybe I should probably know this number. It's like around 30 people at this point, but like, man, the excitement and passion and like, just like, like fire these people have now for Bitcoin and building and the fact that they like, they understand it, you know, they like get it. They see it. They like, can make transactions. They understand what's going on with this stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like really excited about like the people that have gone through base 58 and what they're going to do. And also like all the people that we're going to get in the next batch, you know, like where that's going to go. Yeah. I mean, basically touching on the same points, I would say bullish AF uh, <laughs> on, uh, on the Bitcoin community. Uh, honestly, grateful and humbled to be a part of kind of assisting in any way that I can the growth of this community. It's been an honor, uh, really bullish on the path forward for the city of Austin. It's really cool again to see just like we're now at three meetings a month. I think there's a fourth meeting coming. There may even be a fifth meeting coming. It's, um, it's just never ending 
bullish on kind of watching as everything develops from the inside out. It's it's just really, really cool to see what's happening in real time play out. And, and I think one of the best places to kind of be inside and see what's going on. I know Houston's got some stuff going on. Nashville's got some stuff going on, but the the community here in Austin is just like a, it's something exceptional. And I, every day that I wake up and get to participate in it, it's, um, it just like, I watch everything kind of collapsing and, and all of the madness that's going on in, in the rest of the world. And it just like, I mean, I actually had somebody reach out when we first started Austin Bitcoin Club on Twitter that was basically like, don't you see the inherent risk of, of being in a city? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, do, I do actually see that risk, mm -hmm. but I had the same answer back then where it's like, it's a calculated risk. And I, I take that risk because while being in something like really densely populated, like a city has its obvious challenges, if something were to really go wrong, I'm really bullish on the density of the Bitcoin community here. Um, and and I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people where it's like, if everything everywhere is going to go shit hits the fan, it becomes, in my mind, less about where you are and more about who you're surrounded by when that moment comes. And I don't think there's anywhere on earth or anywhere else on earth currently where there's like a higher density of like pro-freedom loving, like builders of the revolution, like preparing for and organizing together for that moment than, than Austin. So just, I mean, listen, Bitcoin in general, you've said it a couple of times, like it's, it's amazing what's happening in this space, but in Austin in particular, like just really bullish on the direction we're heading. Yeah. At least we know here we'll have enough beef amongst <laughs> the, uh, the Bitcoin community. Thank, thank you, Slim. Thank you, Slim. KNC cattle. We love no, that. and it's, it, yeah. I do want to end it on an optimistic, optimistic tip because it is crazy out there. What about I get, you, Marty? I mean, I'm a, I'm just optimistic. Yeah, I'm, I do think I'm optimistic because it does seem like people are beginning to realize that they're not the people, it, quote unquote, in charge are not coming to save you. It's mm -hmm. not a critical mass yet, but I do think that there is a number of people who are beginning to pull up their sleeve and saying, all right, we need to build our way out of this again, going back to the beef initiative. Bitcoin obviously is that, that digital barn raise where people are like, all right, we need to build this new Bitcoin is for builders. Yeah. Uh, we need to build this because this seems like it's breaking uh, and people are, are putting effort forward and they're being active. So that, that makes me optimistic. And then I don't know. I mean, I mean, here's like, this is sort of a, maybe a little bit of like, not a black pill, but like sort of optimism with some pessimism. Um, a recession is like the best time to build a business because you get, you know, you're more access, more potential access to talent at more affordable rates than um, assuming that you can like find the capital to make it happen. But like, you know, recession's like an awesome time to kind of like regroup and figure out where you're headed and like, find people and get people like motivated and like mo like moving in the direction you want them to. Yeah, no, and it forces you to really be efficient with how you work and allocate capital, which yeah. for businesses, uh, learning how to do that at the onset is probably one of the best things that could happen for your, your long-term viability. Yeah. A little proof of work. Yeah. Never killed anybody. No, never did. <laughs>
But now I'm stuck. Ah, now like I, I want to go back to the uh, businesses running. Lightning is you brought mine like mining companies too, like mining companies that have the stated purpose of accumulating as much Bitcoin on the balance sheet and never selling. Uh, like imagine like they spin up lightning nodes, they start offering services, they get yield on that Bitcoin. Maybe they're able to subsidize uh, expenses with the, the yield that comes from that. And uh, I'm very bullish on, and that's the other thing. So going back to like, these people are not coming to save you. We need to build our way out of this. And that is one thing I want to get out to anybody listening to this is you have to realize this, like we can build our way out of this. It's happening. Mm -hmm. The people quote unquote in charge are posturing like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. Right. You, you have the agency to actually take control of your financial sovereignty and then the, the strength and resilience of your local economy, your state economy, your uh, nationwide economy. Um, you can build it. You don't have to wait for politicians to stroke a check and give it to you. And, and there are people out there who will stand with you and support you while you build it. Yeah. I think that's also important. Like yeah. You can build it and you won't be alone. Where do we send anybody who wants to get one of the remaining 22 tickets to Bitcoin plus plus? I bet it's less than 20 since, uh, since we've been, <laughs> we've been since talking. We've been talking. Uh, it's zero left. BTC plus plus dot dev. BTC. Plus plus spelled out. Yeah, plus. Can't yeah, put a PL you can't put a, a plus sign in the URL. US dot dev. Yeah, it's an amazing URL. Got to give props to Car for picking that one up. And then the Car's got the site up. The that looks gorgeous. Yeah, we just it, ordered stickers off one of his designs. I'm super excited. Yeah, we're gonna give it. We're giving out stickers. Come get a sticker. It's gonna be great. Yeah, Car. Is there anything you want to throw in here before? Um. Yeah, base fifty eight and Blub Lab as well. Um, I think we're doing something really important. Bitcoin ecosystem. So if you're out there, definitely support and you know, like and subscribe. Like we save money. <laughs> like subscribe. Yeah, go like and subscribe. We're gonna we're gonna win. Come and build with us. I think we've already won, guys. Like, no, okay. I, I no, we have. It's like we have already won. The question just becomes like if the truth shall set you free, it's like what do you do with the truth? And if we've already won, at what pace? Do we want to finalize it, right? And that's, I think, the question that we have to ask now is like, at what pace? We've won. We could do it in 100 years. We could do it in 200 years, or we could try and get it done in the next 15. And I think I'm I'm bullish on the next 10 to 15. Let's just go out there and get it done now. You heard it here first. Get it done. Get it done. And come to Bitcoin Plus Plus. Lisa, Kyle, thank you for doing what you guys do. Thank you for educating, getting people together. Very important work. Thanks for having us, dude. Thanks for coming. I mean, Lisa first repeat guest in the studio. It's much different than when you first came. Yeah, it's very different. I'm into it. We were pushed up in the corner. Thanks for having me back. It's a real honor. Thanks. Yeah. You have an open invite whenever you want to come. <laughs> cool. So um, that's all we got this week. Freaks, peace and love. <laughs>